Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Monday, October 30th. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Those pipes are sounding clean, Woody. Did you, uh, have you been doing nothing but veggies and, uh, and water and just cleaning out the system? Mm, negative. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been up here now over a weekend. It was down in the teens. The teens. Wow. Yeah. And been Love that. Colder the better for that. me. Love that, you know, that. that frightens me. I mean, all those winters in New York, when I go back to the cold weather now, I just, my, my blood is thinned out between the California and Louisiana years. It's, uh, I can't handle that cold weather anymore. Well, it's almost over. I'll be leaving tomorrow on Halloween, coming back and be in the studio for Thursday, boys. I think you should drive back. You're driving back, right? Yeah. I think you should drive back the whole way with the Pennywise clown costume on. Yeah. <laughs> in the car. Yeah. I don't. I think I don't that would that would draw maybe freak some people out on the way. I mean, I've seen people drive around on Halloween with masks on and stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. I, uh, yeah, I, I do that on if if it's during the week, like a work week, especially when I was in sales back in the day. Yeah. I would put on a. a a uh, hollow, the guy from Halloween, Michael Myers. I put on a Michael Myers mask and drive around town and just look at people real fast. When we'd stop at red lights, yeah, yeah. I thought it was well, y'all tune into Real Life Real Crime Original tomorrow because I'm doing a Halloween special. Oh, so, nice! All right, look well, forward I, to that. There you go. So let's get into some crime time for Monday. And I'm glad you mentioned, because I guess this is like our Halloween special. And, uh, you know, I happen to have a Halloween special story for you. How about that? Excellent. Halloween. So we're going to give you and all the fans out there and listeners some surprising facts and frightening crimes that happen on Halloween. And as all of you know, strange things happen in the night of Halloween. At least that's probably what most of us were led to believe as children. Now, truthfully, a murder happens every 35 minutes in the United States, this according to the FBI. But criminals don't just stop committing crimes to join in the Halloween fun. Block parties, trunk or treats, things like that. Travelers. The third largest personal insurer in the United States reports that on average, 17% more crime-related claims happen on Halloween than any other night of the year, with property crimes, and in particular theft, being the most common crime committed on Halloween. Now, with all the hype surrounding the spookiest night of the year, it should come as no shock to anyone that surprising things often occur, even before the sun goes down. Though you're probably far more likely to be involved in a car accident or to eat a drug-laced candy bar on Halloween night than to be the focus of a crime. This country's history is still riddled with some frightening crime scenes of Halloween past. So we're going to give you uh, some surprising facts here about four cities on Halloween. And we're going to bring you to Orlando, Florida first, where Woody used to live. Uh, On Halloween in Orlando, Florida, every year, police officers report an uptick in crimes committed by criminals wearing Halloween masks, likely due to the increase in fall shipments of scary merchandise retailers receive for the season. However, in the state of Florida, wearing a mask while committing a crime could mean even tougher penalties. A little-known law prevents anyone older than 16 from wearing masks or hoods in public places, except during uh, Halloween and masquerades. 
The measure has been used two. No COVID. And, COVID doesn't no, count. No COVID. The measure has been used 203 times be, before uh, since it became law in 1951. So before you say, well, they don't really prosecute the crime. Well, they've done it 203 times since right. since 1951. How about Southern California? Let's take you to Lompoc Valley. People can request Halloween-flocked flamingo lawn ornaments to be decked to you know to deck their yard out. The fundraising event actually supports the Lompoc Valley Police Activities League, which provides uh, programming for area youth with the idea of helping them stay out of trouble. And in Orange County. A city in Orange County passed an ordinance saying that all registered sex offenders must post 12 by 24 signs on their doors on Halloween to warn trick-or-treaters before knocking. I think that's phenomenal. I love that. Failure to do so results in a $1,000 fine or one uh, year in jail. The ordinance was revoked in 2013 for violating sex offenders First Amendment rights and putting them and their family at risk. Well, so, at least uh, at least the pedophiles save money on Halloween candy. Then, yeah, that's yeah, right. right. Uh, how about New York City, where Mike Mike's from? Egg throwing on Halloween has long been a tradition, but one that sometimes has been known to end in violence and for good reason. In New York City, for example, people died as a result of a prank in eighty four, nineteen eighty seven, ninety four, ninety five, and nineteen ninety eight while the years 93 and 96 saw non-fatal shootings of children after egg tossing. You familiar with egg tossing, Mike? You ever heard of that in New York City? Well, heard of it, period, in the suburbs and stuff, but the city's not a big – they're big for parties and dress-up stuff, but not for, like, kids trick-or-treating. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really – at least my experience didn't really happen in the city. You know, because you got to get into a building and hit. Most people are in apartments. I mean, there are very few freestanding homes. There are some townhouses, but those are very, very wealthy uh, areas. And and uh, so I never saw much by way of trick or treat. I think it's just people at night maybe getting in a little bit of trouble, or they're talking about Queens and Brooklyn, which are technically New York City as well. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't leave this particular report without giving you a couple of famous crimes that occurred on Halloween. Uh, and we'll get into a couple of those, the toolbox killer Halloween murder, Lawrence Bick Bickner and Roy Norris were known as the toolbox killers, a deadly duo who picked up female hitchhikers in the seventies and tortured them with toolbox tools. The last victim before they were arrested and convicted was Sherry Ledford, who was picked up in their van as she was leaving a Halloween party in 1979. Her body was later found on a stranger's lawn. And that's awful. I never heard that. It's horrible. I, I'm actually, I wasn't familiar with that, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that one out. Uh, the Candyman murder. On Halloween in 1974, eight-year-old Timothy O'Brien returned to his Houston home after a night of trick-or-treating where his father, Ronald, gave him a piece of candy, a pixie sticks. Within moments of ingesting the candy, the boy vomited and died on the way to the hospital. Police would later learn that Ronald had poisoned the candy with cyanide to collect a life insurance policy to pay off his debts. This horrendous murder is one of the reasons the parents still to this day check their children's Halloween candy before eating it to know if it's been tampered with. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember one that was really scary as a kid that involved Clark bars. You remember Clark bars? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they were great. I mean, they're delicious, but something happened Halloween with somebody getting poisoned from one. And and I I don't even know if they still make them uh, because everybody was too scared to. Well, just a a couple more. The last trick-or-treater scandal. Peter and wife Betty uh, Fabiano had gone to bed on Halloween night in 1957, believing that they uh, were finished with trick-or-treaters. However, in the middle of the night, the doorbell rang again. Peter got out of bed, and he brought candy to the door. On his doorstep stood a woman wearing a mask who raised a gun and shot him in the chest, killing him instantly. 
Peter would later learn that the murderer was hired to, uh, police would later learn the murderer was hired to kill Peter by a woman named Joe, Joan Rabel, who had uh, been having an affair with Peter's wife. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that's just a few of those. And then lastly, some, of course, real life, real crime, Halloween safety tips. Maybe shadows, mass villains, full moons, and glowing orange lights don't leave you with the heebie-jeebies, but if you or a, your family are partaking in Halloween festivities that accompany October 31st, it's still wise to have some safety precautions. If you go out, leave the lights and TV on and never put a, scare, a spare key under your doormat. It's the first place they look. Make sure your home's walkway is well lit to prevent trips and falls. And likewise, make sure uh, you can see who's at the door before you open it. Keep pets indoors to prevent them from getting spooked and biting friends or children. Accompany all young children in the neighborhood as they go around to do their trick-or-treating. If children are allowed to go out after dark, fasten reflective tape to their costumes or bags and, or give them glow sticks. Uh, inspect any treats brought home after eating, and, and our story we just told you would explain that one, and report any suspicious or criminal activity to the police. Uh, and that was our Halloween special report for yeah. October 30th. Wonderful report, Jim. Good job, Thank Jimmy. You. Take care know. of safety for, for those listeners. Right. That's Everybody right. be safe and have a good time. Um, <laughs> a, a Michigan doctor kidnapped his nursing student ex-girlfriend shot her in the head at an Illinois truck stop and then took his own life in Iowa surveillance video captured Dr. Justin Wendling 26 murdered Gina Bryant 25 on October 13th after she tried to run away. It's with a heavy heart that we write this post Bryant's best friend, Charlotte Jolly wrote on Facebook. The family has suffered an unspeakable and tragic loss due to domestic violence. Brian left work October 12th for her lunch break and did not return, according to the sheriff's office. Her concerned co-workers began receiving odd text messages from her phone, became suspicious, and her boss reported her missing. An investigation revealed that Wendling, who she broke up with uh, two weeks prior, was waiting for her when she returned home from lunch for lunch that day. A neighbor security camera captured Wendling, a junior uh, gynecology resident at Ascension Genesis Hospital, leading Brian to his car at 1.42 p.m. He appeared to have a gun, and she appeared to be handcuffed, according to LaSalle Police Chief. Hours later, at about midnight, Wendling pulled over at a Flying J truck stop on Civic Road in LaSalle, Illinois, for gas. For some reason, the gas pump was not working properly, so Wendling went inside the store. Bryant, seeing, seeing this as her opportunity, stepped out of the car and took off running. Seeing Bryant on the run, Wendling quickly exited the convenience store and called up to Bryant and tackled her to the ground. The two briefly struggled before Wendling gained the advantage and then shot Bryant in the head in front of the gas station full of witnesses. Ugh. Then Wendling ran like a little bitch to his SUV. Uh, um, police sent out a description of his SUV and launched a nationwide manhunt. About 11.45 p.m. on October 13th, his car was spotted by the police at a rest stop off of Interstate 80. As officers approached, Wendland shot himself. Two weeks earlier, Brian had ended the 11-month relationship with Wendland and moved out of his apartment. In Angelica uh, Gentner, Brian's oldest sister, told the Detroit News that Wendland has been abusing her sister for months. She was very careful, um, very beautiful down-to-earth giving woman, her sister said. She'd give you the shirt off her back. She was caring and compassionate. Another Wow. Coward's way out. Right. You that shoot someone in the head and then kill yourself. Uh, gynecologist, yeah. And I don't know. The, uh, I don't know. Lost Crazy. his mind. Wow. Crazy. Well, I've got a story that I find offensive on a number of levels. We're going to go to New York City. Specifically, we're going to go to the borough of the Bronx in New York. Guys, ever spent? Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly, the captain. Great hitter. Never won a World Series with the Yankees, though. 
I know. Donnie Baseball. Mm-hmm. Any names of former Yankee players you'd like to throw out, Woody? Wrong. wrong. Uh, Babe Ruth. <laughs> he, he got the you. Bambino. The Bambino. The yeah. Bambino. He got you. He got you. Yes, the uh, the famous curse of the Bambino. Hey, hey, let me interrupt you for a second. The we should have been talking about this, y'all, and I just it just hit me on that last story I was uh, talking about. But October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, you know, it's the month that they raise awareness for domestic violence or or intimate partner violence, and so we haven't mentioned that yet. And it, the month of October will be over tomorrow. Uh, uh, so, y'all, if you are a bit victim of domestic violence and you think you can't get out because, you know, your significant other's a breadwinner or for whatever reason, you can get out. Go get help. All right. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you did that. I didn't realize that. So we're in the Bronx. And like I said, I take this next story as a personal affront to my people. That would be Italian-Americans. Three people were charged with running a drug ring out of a Bronx, in quotes, my quotes, pizzeria, after authorities allegedly seized more than 100 pounds of cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, and other illicit substances worth an estimated $4 million from the restaurant. But listen to this. The accused traffickers, Guadencio Rosendo Perez, Zulema Cardenas Espinoza, and Alexander Samboy. Remember, this is New York. It's the Bronx. That doesn't sound very Italian to me. We're not talking about somewhere in southern Arizona. Exactly. Nobody named Perez or Espinoza could ever be serious about operating a pizza place in the Bronx. They needed a better cover for what the hell they were doing. And the name of this place was Mexarella Pizzeria. <laughs> oh, my God. To which I say, stai shizando, which you folks learning Italian on Rosetta Stone know means, are you joking? A Mexican pizza place. I'm thinking about opening an Italian taqueria in Baton Rouge. You think that that'll work? Anything... Uh, anyway, this place sits directly across the street from a public elementary school and operated as a front for uh, this drug peddling operation. When the members of local, state, and federal law enforcement searched the pepperoni taco stand on October 19th, they allegedly found 42 kilos of suspected cocaine, a kilogram of heroin and fentanyl, a thousand glassine envelopes of oxycodone and fentanyl, big rocks of cocaine, and about a hundred vials of crack cocaine. Authorities had been surveilling the toxic trio the day of this big bust and watched as they walked in and out of the Soundview Avenue eatery carrying bags and backpacks. Officers pulled the Samboy guy over after he had left the restaurant in his car. In that car, they found five kilos of cocaine wrapped in black tape and labeled R2, according to a statement by police. Agents and task force officers then arrested Perez and Espinosa at the restaurant. Inside, police also found a kilo press and about $40,000 cash in the basement. The, The three had stored the vials of crack near the front counter for convenient sales purposes. The uh, total amount of drugs seized, as I said, was about $4 million. The large stash of cocaine found in the basement uh, is very significant because it had the potential to supply uh, drug networks throughout the north- Northeast. Cocaine is being laced with fentanyl, which is contributing to poisonings and uns- unnecessary deaths in New York and across the country. That's according to Officer Tarantino. Uh, Perez, Espinosa, and Samboy face charges of operating as a major trafficker and criminal possession of a controlled substance, according to a police statement. They were arraigned on Friday in Manhattan Criminal Court. Perez was remanded while the court set bail for the other two at $150,000 each. This highly profitable Bronx-based narcotics operation appeared to operate as a wholesaler and distributor of cocaine and fentanyl-laced products and was advertised as an inexpensive Mexican pizza spot which we knew was bullshit, as if, 
said New York City Special Narcotics Prosecutor Bridget G. Brennan in a statement. Even the cops are laughing at the front. Our office will continue to work with our federal, state, and local enforcement partners to stem the distribution of lethal drugs that claim the lives of a record high number of people in the city last year. Re-frickin-diculous. Um, there's uh, these chain of restaurants in Los Angeles called Wiener Schnitzel. I don't know if oh, you yeah. have ever one. been in California and seen a Wiener Schnitzel. They got one in Baton Rouge. At LSU. You have a Wiener Schnitzel in Baton Rouge? Yes. Okay. Right, out, right well, outside of the LSU gates. Okay. Well, in all my years in LA, I never saw a customer at a Wiener Schnitzel. Hmm. I never saw a single car in a parking lot of a Wiener Schnitzel. And the running joke with me and my kids was that all Wiener Schnitzels were fronts for a drug operation because they had to be. How else? Could they work? And and same thing goes for a Mexican pizza place. The only thing it can be is a uh, is a drug front. I like I like a good taco pizza. I do too. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what. God bothers <laughs> used to make a heck of a taco. Yeah, pizza. You're right. You're you're, right. you're hurting me, guys. Yeah. That that hurts. I'm sorry. You're hitting me it's where good. it hurts. I'm sorry about that. And you know, Ago's Italian mom, uh, mob. I expect you guys to. Uh, to speak out in protest to what these two just said. <laughs> Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? <laughs> I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year there, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well... Have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash RLRC. R C. All right, we're gonna we're gonna bring you away from the Bronx and into Florida, and a man who thought he was going on a date with a woman he met online 
was instead beaten, robbed, and thrown off a bridge. This from the Florida Sheriff's Office. Uh, Natalie Fonseca, 25, started messaging a man on Facebook on October 6th and asked him if he could help her get some food. He agreed and took her to a taco truck before dropping her off at home. The next day, she asked if he wanted to go on a date, have dinner, and hang out. This, according to an October 24th Facebook post by the sheriff's office in Escambia County. Uh, The man drove to Fonseca's house where he was met by another man, 31-year-old Nafis Reynolds. Fonseca introduced Reynolds as her uncle, and the three of them got in the car together. They drove to Reynolds' house for a cookout before later leaving in the man's car with Fonseca driving. During the ride, Fonseca and Nafis both hit the victim several times and told him he was going to die. They robbed him of his shoes, his phone, his money, and his car. Then they took turns cutting his throat before throwing him over the bridge rail and into the Escambia River. Deputies said the two then drove off in the stolen car. They later set the car on fire down the road from the incident. As they drove away, the man was still alive in the river. He reached the shore of the river and collapsed, lying there until he was discovered by a boater the next morning. They were able to flag down a deputy, and the man survived. Using surveillance footage and information from a previous domestic disturbance, deputies were able to identify Fonseca and Nafis, who were actually in a relationship. Both Fonseca and Nafis were charged with attempted murder, armed carjacking, armed robbery, and kidnapping. And this happened, you know, right there in Pensacola, which is about 200 miles west of Tallahassee. Right. uh, For those that aren't familiar with that area. But that's crazy. Absolutely Uh, crazy. I mean, that's a wild ass story. Uh -uh. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, you know, meet people online and just trust. Right. You know, yeah. someone's yep. asking you to pick them up and bring me get food online. It's probably a trap. Yeah. Pensacola is a really big city and um, mainly because of the, the military base there. Um, I don't know. I was just down there several months back, uh, red snapper fishing with some buddies of mine. But anyway, the, the, the base is just huge. Right. But let me take it to Texas. I'm the Blue Angels. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. Uh, they train all the pilots there. But look, they had all the, even the the Coast Guard cutters and stuff were in there, not just the the Navy ships, but they had all the Navy ships and everything. We of course went out by boat and get to pass it. And, and there's the oh, I'll tell you about it later on. There's an old sunken uh, battleship from like 1917 or whatever in the, in the bay. But let me take you to another another military base in Air. Uh, Air Force police fired several shots Tuesday at a vehicle that sped through the main entry of a Texas base. An unidentified driver sped in the direction of Air Force guards at a high rate of speed in the wrong direction of traffic at Joint Base San Antonio Camp uh, Bullis on Tuesday. The driver raced through the access control point and gaining access to the installation for several minutes before speeding back through the gate exit. Security forces pursued the driver and took defensive measures when the suspected gate runner attempted to exit the installation via the inbound lane while traveling at an excessive rate of speed. As um, the commander or a spokesperson, Angela Cazares said, the driver reportedly was unable to reach any of the training areas located on the more than 27,000 acre base and did not sustain any injuries from from the shots fired by Air Force guards. The San Antonio Police Department later arrested the suspect about nine miles from the base after he was involved in a separate incident. Camp Bullis, which is used mainly for training Army, Air Force, and Marine Corps combat troops, is part of the Joint Base in San Antonio. Fort Sam Houston, which is also part of the Joint Base San Antonio, was forced to close its main gate and place several buildings on lockdown around the same time as the incident at Camp Bullis after gunshots were heard from a nearby wooded area outside the gate. 
It is unclear if or how the two incidents were related. The gates and the buildings were reopened hours later. There were no reports of injuries to military personnel in the incident, and a spokesman for the Joint Base of San Antonio confirmed that the Air Force Security Forces fired several shots, like we told y'all, in, but in self-defense when the subject drove t- uh, toward them, toward them, but nobody was hurt. Uh, and remains under investigation. Don't you know that that dude made those guards day? They've been standing in that post for years, and they never had any shit like that. They had a chance yes. to pull their weapon. And then, uh, what the well, hell was he doing? Story. I have no idea. I probably hired and shit. But yeah, that's uh, I don't know. Man, I don't know, but I'm sure they're still talking about it. Yeah, I mean that's not the kind of thing you do just for kicks, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit, a little bit dangerous for that. Crazy. I mean, I mean, you know, you better believe they have ways to stop you, right? But I'm sure they took them by surprise. Wow. Okay. Well, let's go to Montana. I don't. I guess we've done a couple of Montana stories, but we haven't done one in quite a while, and. Uh, We've got a 28-year-old Montana mom who has two children. She named her two kids Arian and Nation. Just to give you a little flavor for our Montana. What it really is about to blow your mind. About to blow your mind. I'm working as a a consultant with this tribe on on the story. Are you really? Yeah, I, I swear, there. folks, I did three not. I did not talking about that yeah, to me. Three months. Yeah, I did not know that. Okay, so at any point, Woody, shut me up and and take over as we as we go through this. If you want or you uh, are allowed to, I don't know what uh, what you're allowed to say and not. But a 28 year old Montana mom of two children named Arian and Nation was arrested for fatally striking a Native American woman while allegedly high on meth and then claiming she mistook the victim for a deer. Sonny White was apprehended in Flathead County on Friday uh, on a warrant out of Lake County, charging her with vehicular homicide while under the influence in the March uh, 2023 death of 22-year-old Mika Westwolf. Additional charges against White include accidents involving another person, or deceased person, two counts of criminal child endangerment and criminal possession of dangerous drugs. West Wolf was walking along Highway 93 in the area of Arley in the early hours of March 31st when she was hit by White's Cadillac Escalade that was carrying her, her four-year-old daughter, uh, Arian Holmes, and her two-year-old son, Nation Holmes. A subsequent search of White's Cadillac turned up methamphetamine, syringes, and two unopened packages of Narcan, along, uh, according to an affidavit filed in the case. A blood test showed that the mom of two had uh, meth and fentanyl in her system at the time of the crash. The investigation into Westwolf's death has lasted seven months, during which time the victim's family led a statewide campaign to raise awareness of her case and others involving murdered and missing indigenous women. Carissa Heavy Runner, Westwolf's mother, told the Missoulin uh, that she was glad to learn of White's arrest, but I'm still kind of in shock because it really seemed like this day was unreachable. Westwolf, a member of the Blackfeet Nation, and her brother Davian Howard were returning from a bar in Rivali after midnight on March 31st when, for an unknown reason, she got out of the car near North Valley Creek and walked away, leaving her phone behind. Um, that seems weird. It seems like the brother would be able to speak to that. But shortly after 4 a.m., tribal officer T.J. Haynes came across West Wolf's body on Highway 93, surrounded by car debris from the crash. About an hour later, a Lake County Sheriff's deputy spotted a gold 2008 Caddy Escalade with front end damage and a missing side mirror parked outside the town of Polson. White, who was seen removing items from that damaged SUV and transferring them to another vehicle, told the deputy that she had struck a deer and that she did not stop. She claimed she was passing a bottle back to her baby and didn't see the deer. The 28-year-old later told a Montana Highway Patrol trooper 
that she was traveling with her two children from Butte to Kalispell for the weekend. She denied drinking alcohol and said she, quote, hadn't used meth or fentanyl in a week. White told the trooper that she uh, that she assumed she had hit a deer and swerved to the left. West Wolf was hit head on and thrown into the air upon impact. She died on the spot from multiple blunt force injuries. In the wake of her death, Westville's family launched the Mika Matters movement to call for justice throughout uh, through protests and awareness walks. Earlier this year, a petition was created on moveon.org, calling on the Justice Department to take over the investigation into Westville's death, claiming that local authorities are being uncooperative and frustratingly slow. Following White's arrest, uh, Westville's family released a statement saying that this was, quote, just the beginning of the journey towards justice. Well, so Woody Overton, what can you add to all that? I would, uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Erica Shelby, who's the lawyer for the Blackfeet tribe. Um, they, she contacted me immediately after this happened uh, and it was still under investigation, et cetera. So I've been in contact with them numerous, numerous times and including, she told me this arrest was coming, but she actually, they, you know, they, they, they did marches and all that. And I didn't know, uh, she made me aware that 30% of all the people that are missing in the state of Montana are, are indigenous or Indians. And, um, you know, and I asked her, like, I said, look, I'm not political, Craig, you know, you want to say Indian or, or Native American? And she said, I don't care. Uh, you know, we would love what you do. And we've seen you on Dateline, et cetera. So they want me to consult on this. But they, they Erica's even went to um, D.C. to and got in contact with their senators. They weren't doing anything about this case. They, were, I mean, but you get it, Aryan and Nation, right? The kids and they're they're. She was Sunny White or whatever her first name was, but White. She uh, is a part of a known uh, white supremacist group that's in that area. Um, Mika was actually a, a, a not you know didn't live a high risk lifestyle. She was a good uh, young lady, you know, never been in trouble or anything like that. It's just unfortunate that it happened, but they, these people shout out to Erica Shelby for fighting for these families. Um, and they did all these marches and everything else. And she went even, like I said, went to DC and, and spoke to the senators. They've been on numerous shows and never, uh, gave up on it. I just think that's, that's a pretty phenomenal and just shout out to, to all of them for not giving up and for not letting Mika's death go unanswered. Murder Absolutely. go unanswered, right? And are you uh, you still involved with stuff going on in the I case? Am, I am. I am. And there's going to be a documentary done on it, et cetera. Um, but but I, I, we'll talk about that later. But shout out to them. They're actually really, really, um, really, really good people. One hundred percent. Well, we're going. Let's go back to Florida, and uh, you know this is a horrible situation uh, took place in Jupiter, Florida. One person has died. Four other people have been injured following an electrocution incident that happened in the fountain area of a Florida shopping center. The Jupiter Police Department says they were called to the Harborside Place in southeastern Florida uh, after a 911 call stated a juvenile was in the fountains and was beginning to have distress. And it was reported that multiple people may have received electrical shock when in the water. The initial investigation determined five individuals were injured and were transported to local hospitals. These included three juveniles and two adults. One of the adult victims transported to the medical center has been released from the hospital. The second adult victim transported to the medical center was later pronounced deceased at the hospital. Harborside Place on its website describes itself as Jupiter's premier downtown destination for shopping, dining, local hotel accommodations, entertainment, and boating. Uh, the source of the reported electrocutions is not immediately clear, and the Jupiter Police Department said the incident remains under active investigation. So some wow. people just plain and 
fountains with their, uh, you know, their kids. Uh, and electrical shock killed, um, killed one and four others, you know, severely injured. Doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would take a lot of investigating. I mean, there's no, no I think I, there'd I, be an obvious source. And I think they just haven't come out and said yet. And you know how it is in, in media, you, you speculate and, and, uh, and don't have the information. And unless you're a show like ours, where we commentary, <laughs> Right. Well, and it's Jupiter and, you know, they can't say anything officially until Tiger Woods uh, probably weighs weighs in on the investigation, don't you think? He is a resident of Jupiter. Uh, That's crazy. Um, mm, But y'all know I went to Monday Night Football in Minnesota, right? So I'm take you to Minnesota. And a Minnesota man who specializes in poison science has been charged with second-degree murder in connection with the death of his 32-year-old wife. Connor Bowman, 30, was booked into the Olmstead County Jail in Rochester, Minnesota on Friday. Bowman's wife, Betty Bowman, was hospitalized in August due to symptoms that resembled food poisoning. Four days later, on August 20th, she died following a sudden-onset autoimmune and infectious illness, according to her obituary. Her husband, Connor, was arrested two months after her death and accused of poisoner. The poison that allegedly killed Betty is known as colchicine, and it is believed that Connor administered it to Betty in a liquid form blend in something else she was drinking. The National Library of Medicine states that the substance is used for treating gout, but can be fatal if administered at a high dose. And... Connor had allegedly conducted online searches to determine how much of the substance he would need to, to equal uh, 0.0 milligrams per kilogram of, body, of Betty's weight. That's how much it would take y'all to kill, to kill someone or her size. His online searches also allegedly showed purchases queries, purchase queries for the substance five days before her death. He also had other queries about whether internet searches can be used in court and about deleting Amazon data. Betty was a pharmacist and Connor was a medical student who also worked as a poison specialist fielding phone calls from the University of Kansas. The Mayo Clinic in Minnesota confirmed that Connor is a former resident of the facility. Betty inspired and encouraged others to be their truest selves, said an online obituary. As a vibrant and outgoing young woman, Betty lived life to the fullest, including never missing the opportunity to travel and experience a new place. The obituary directed well-wishers to a donation page for the Trevor Project, a suicide prevention organization. And, you know, it's, it's not clear if Connor has an attorney or not, but and of course, he's going to get one. Of course, with you know, gout, that is a, a condition caused by high levels of uric acid that crystallizes in your body and creates extreme pain. Uh, and colchicine is a drug used to reduce inflammation. But one of the side effects of that drug is major gastric problems. So you take it until you have some some gastrointestinal issues and then that's your body telling you it's time to stop taking it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and apparently this person didn't, you know, do that. I don't know. It's crazy. What's going on with the freaking doctors in this country? This is the second doctor killing somebody yeah. in, uh, in this episode. And when did doctors get so stupid? This guy is searching, uh, no. about the the poison and whether he can delete Amazon purchases and he, he's a medical student, uh, not a doctor yet, but well, but he's, if he's working at the Mayo clinic, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, he's a pretty, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Crazy. that's a very strange drug to use to poison somebody. I mean, yeah. very strange. I didn't Never even know they made it. it in a liquid form. That's Never heard of it. Never right. Which from the moment they figure that out, which I guess was autopsy, they, they figure it out. Uh, and the, the husband's a, a poisonous, uh, you know, an expert on poisons. 
I mean, all roads led to him. I mean, I mean, it wasn't yeah. a hard investigation, and, yeah, right. uh, and and then he's got the the searches and everything. But I, well, I don't and, know why, and why doctors can't uh, find uh, happy marriages? Crazy. You know, it's it's uh, it's probably why that guy chose that drug. Is it's not something that if you had a high level of it, the first thing that would pop up is poisoning. I mean, you give someone cyanide, right. boom. Right. That yeah. you know, that's a drug that it. You have to do a little bit of digging to figure out someone was trying to kill somebody with it. Do you guys know what May 12th is? Sunday, May 12th? Mama's Day. That would be correct. It's Mother's Day. So let me ask you, do you basically get your mom the same gift every year for Mother's Day? Maybe some flowers, some chocolates, mm -hmm. maybe a robe or a framed photo. Right. Boring stuff, right? Right. Well, let me tell you about something that's totally cool and different for Mother's Day that will never wilt, spoil, or put an extra 10 pounds around her waist. I'm talking about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty unique. Cool, right? Right. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. Your mom can either type a response to the email or she can record her voice if she prefers cool. to do that, or she can do both. Cool. And mylifeinabook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book as well as an audiobook. And if you want, and she's up to the task technically, you know, the audiobook is a is a great extra thing to be able to do. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your future generations can treasure. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is kind of your chance to give her a way to share them. Every family is a little bit different. And in my family, we love to give each other a really hard time. So I've taken the approach in doing this of asking my mom to comment on some of those family moments that might be a bit embarrassing to other family members. Last week, my question was, mom, did you feel guilty that day you hit me over the head with your wooden clog and dad had to take me to the hospital for eight stitches? <laughs> Mom's response, back in the day, I was the disciplinarian of the house. And when you were eight years old, you refused to get out of Nancy's, that's my sister's, plastic kiddie pool. I told you 10 times to get out of the damn pool. You didn't listen. So I chased you around the yard. And when you slipped, I nailed you right on the head. That was the last time you got in that kiddie pool. Of course, dad had to lie to the ER and tell him that uh, that you fell on your head, but I nailed you good. The entire process with my life in a book is simple, and in the end, mom will have a great keepsake that can remain in your family for generations. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC for 10% off today. Hey, y'all, my wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause, hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Yep. Well, 
The doctor might have tried an alternative strategy like the guy we're about to talk about in Texas. This guy, who was a construction executive, torched his truck in an elaborate scheme to fake his own death. A Texas construction executive allegedly concocted a scheme to fake his own death after bilking millions of dollars from investors to live a life of luxury, according to a lawsuit. Brett Dedimore is this guy's name, and he made news over the summer after he was found alive nearly a week after his wife reported him missing and police found his truck severely burned. He allegedly stole investors' money, which was supposed to be used to build homes. He used that money to buy expensive sports tickets to Super Bowls, World Series games, meet and greets with athletes, and other high uh, dollar amounts, according to this lawsuit. Brett Dedimore jet-setted around and stayed in luxurious hotels and resorts, the lawsuit alleges. Additionally, he bought and drove an expensive Dodge Ram TRX truck worth $100,000, a Cadillac Escalade, and had a second home in Galveston, Texas, worth over a million dollars. He had a custom Texas license plate that read, hide it, H-I-D-E-I-T. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, so, uh, if he's hiding everybody's money, I don't know that that's a great idea. According to the 10-count uh, civil lawsuit, which was filed in Harris County on October 4th, police found the burning $100,000 truck shortly after he left his home on June 21st. Dedimore then disappeared, abandoning his responsibilities for constructing the homes. It was part of an alleged scheme to fake his own death and disappear, but a witness told detectives that they saw a man walking away from that burning truck that morning. West University Place Police Department Chief Ken Walker said during a press conference, five days later on June 26, Dedimore was spotted at a San Antonio bus stop. His scheme was burned down and exposed, the lawsuit says. The Houston Fire Department said they believed the fire was deliberately set. Arson investigators shared their findings uh, with the Harris County DA. No criminal charges were filed as yet, but there's an active investigation into Dedimore's fraudulent or allegedly fraudulent activities. He was also sued in Kings County, New York, which is Brooklyn, for similar accusations just days before his disappearance, which is kind of weird geography to be uh, to be covering. Uh, Christian Ellis, who is Dedimore's attorney, said that the allegations in these lawsuits were being reviewed. The events of the last few months have been tragic and unfortunately the subject of much public speculation and rumor. Many false allegations have been made and the Dedimore family, including their young children, have suffered as a result. Mr. Dedimore is getting the help he needs and the entire Dedimore uh, family requests privacy at this time. Well, yeah, I don't know that the family is united uh, after uh, after all of this, but anyway, crazy. wow, crazy, crazy! You don't burn a hundred thousand dollar truck, Woody. Right? Come on, never. No, nope. no crime should end with a truck like that burned. Right? <laughs> I agree. Even I know that shouldn't happen. Well, if that didn't make you say WTF, then our WTF <laughs> segment will, what and. We've got a good one today for you. A Las Vegas woman faces charges of grand larceny and burglary after police say she left her sugar daddy at a concert, broke in his hotel room, and stole more than $50,000 from him. What? That's right. On Sunday, police were called to Caesars Palace Hotel and Casino after a man in his 50s told police he was the victim of grand larceny. The man told police he met a woman in her 20s, identified as Haley McNally, on a dating website called Seeking Arrangement. Mike's looking <laughs> it up now. Five weeks prior. Five weeks prior. In conversations on the site, the victim referred to himself as a sugar daddy and arranged for McNally to spend the weekend with him in Las Vegas. The victim told police that uh, he told McNally he was going to pay her $2,500 for the weekend. He claimed that sex was discussed, but never happened. <laughs> the two met at Caesar's Palace on Friday where the victim gave McNally the money. The two went to the pool and dinner where the victim became intoxicated. McNally helped the victim to bed and left for the night. She returned the next morning 
and joined the victim with his friends who were gambling uh, at the pool. The victim gave McNally $400, which she used to win approximately $3,100. After the pool, McNally asked her if if she could put uh, her purse inside his safe in his hotel room. That should have been a big fucking red right. flag right there, right. brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when give she me, wants to, can I put my purse in your safe with the $50,000 in it? Yeah, right. sure. Here, just met you. Yeah, that's crazy. So the victim gives McNally the code to the safe, dumbass, and she stores her purse there with her personal belongings, including fifty thousand in cash and seven thousand dollars worth of casino chips. Mm-hmm. That night, McNally, the victim, and the victim's friends went to a U two concert at the Sphere. While at the concert, McNally said she needed to go to the restroom. After McNally was gone for about 15 minutes, the victim texted to ask her if she was okay. She did not (laughs) respond. (laughs) Oh, shit. Around 50 minutes after she left, the victim called Caesar's Palace Security uh, to request that his hotel room be put on lockdown. He's figuring it out, right? He returns to his room, opened the safe, and you guessed it, nothing in it. It'd be empty. Surveillance video from the hotel showed McNally entered the 24th floor of the hotel at 930, 30 minutes after she told the victim she was going to use the bathroom. Just a few minutes later, she seemed re-entering the elevator with multiple bags. McNally was taken into custody, and she told police that at the concert, the victim was sexually aggressive and was touching her inappropriately. She told police this made her uncomfortable. So she left the concert, went back to the hotel room, and grabbed her belongings. She said she only grabbed her belongings and the casino chip. She denied taking any cash from the safe. During the search of her apartment, police found $11,700 in cash and $5,200 in casino chips. McNally faces charges of grand larceny of more than twenty-five grand, but less than hundred grand which are both felonies. She released on bail and she has a court appearance in November 22nd. What y'all think about that shit? Wow. <laughs> well, WTF. Let me tell you something. I'm sure that the guy did uh, a little bit of checking beforehand. And here's what uh, the internet says. Despite more expensive services, seeking arrangements is recognized to be the best site to find a sugar baby. <laughs> So you won't be disappointed if you try to look for a younger woman companion or for even a longer term relationship here. Mm. So, yeah, he went looking for a sugar baby and he found one. By the way, he sure did. A, a, a buddy uh, FaceTime me from that U2 concert at the Sphere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that thing. You've seen you've seen that thing, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the concert experience. Oh, my God. So they. Uh, just just Google it and, and check it out. But all of this 3D stuff is going on during the uh, during the music. I mean, it, it just looks like the place to go see a show and get high. And uh, right. what well, you uh, know, they the police contacted him like a few days later and asked him they were doing a follow up about the rest of the money. And he told them, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> Boom, Bono. <laughs> Damn. That was a good one, bro. Just popped in my head last minute. That was minute. a good one. Well, well, if she'd have done that to me, there would have been a Sunday bloody Sunday. I can't oh my you. god, man! That, that, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, don't give them, don't give them the code to the safe, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, um, that could be almost a kinky crime, but there was no sex in the champagne room or whatever, yeah, right? But, so let me get, let's go to kinky crimes for Monday. Now this is going to be different y'all that the, I want to explain something to you. I right? explain this to explain. you. So, so here are six surprising ways that you could end up having to register as a sex offender. All right. Oh, One, okay. if you're taking nude photos, if you're a minor, can you believe it? I, I know the kids be sexing each other all the time. You get caught doing that, they, they, then you can be arrested for it. Teenagers who take pictures of themselves while naked could get charged with child porn and be put on sex registries, according to the 
2013 report from Human Rights Watch. It gets worse. Huh. Kids who send kids kids who send naked photos that are viewed in another state could be charged with a federal crime, right? For example, a 15-year-old girl in Pennsylvania was charged in 2004 with spreading child porn after taking nude photos of herself and putting them online. She was forced to register as a sex offender. Number two, visiting a prostitute. Well, in all states except Nevada, prostitution is illegal. Even uh, inquiring as to her prostitute's rates, like, hey, mama, yeah. You working and then how much, right? You walking or working? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, you can get uh, arrested for that. You have to register as a sex offender in some situations. Huh. You're in in public. They, and that one, uh, mm, if I, that's a, at, really? least 13, at least 13 states require sex offender registration for a public urination. What? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I have Louisiana, everybody I know would be in jail for that or have to register, right? Uh, so in 2007, well, let's see, in Texas, you can get a ticket if you're caught urinating in public. However, under Texas law, it's possible for urinating in public to turn into an indecent exposure charge, which can turn into a sex offense. Here, Jim, I didn't get to do this one in Monday night. We planned on it, but it couldn't make it to the field. Flashing or streaking. You can get arrested for indecent exposure, and that can land you on the sex offender registry. Even if you flash your breasts or genitals as a joke or go streaking on a dare, um, oh they would never make it at Mardi Gras, right? Number five, this one makes a little more sense. Having consensual sex with a teenager, but even if you're a teenager too, at least 29 states require teenagers who have had consensual sex with each other to register as sex offenders. I don't get that. I mean, That's like if you're, if you're 15 and 15, whatever, this it happens, you know, the, uh, so in Texas, even consensual sex between two teenagers who are in a loving relationship can be considered a crime and can land you on the sex offender registry. And last but not least, <laughs> sleeping with a relative. Incest is not just a social taboo in Texas. It's illegal. And sex between blood relatives can be considered a sex crime in Texas and could result in penalties that include registering as a sex offender. And that's kind of key wow. crime, y'all. It's just a little something different. Um, who a second that? cousin isn't really a relative, though, right? I have no idea. The I don't know how that all works. I know in some parts of the country, it cut the birth rate in half when they got electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got too many of those jokes, and I'm not going <laughs> to. That was good. All right. Give me That's some banjos, boys. Who's got banjos? Banjos, banjos, banjos. Bing, bing, bing. bing. <laughs> those are great banjos. <laughs> uh, I want to say thanks to Senior Trooper Powell Allen for sending in today's dumb criminal story. Thank you, Powell. Let's go to Georgia, where according to the Brunswick Judicial Circuit DA, a man by the name of Frederick Parisi was hired as a night shift security guard at the Jekyll Island Club back in January of 2023. Parisi went to the Georgia, Georgia State Trooper Post on Jekyll Island and offered his assistance if they required backup saying that he was a 30-year veteran of the Iowa State Patrol. He also later claimed that he was POST, P-O-S-T, certified, meaning that he held the Georgia Peace Officer Standards and Training Council's certification, which is required for law enforcement in Georgia in order to have arrest power or to work in law enforcement, period. So he claimed to have that certification. Parisi also told people during his employment that he was Jekyll Island's director of public safety, a position that is actually held by a man named Dennis Gailey and has been for the last five years. Parisi also created his own uniform and a badge that said Jekyll officer on it. And he created a vest that said Jekyll canine on it, even though the Georgia state police or the Georgia state patrol is the only law enforcement agency on the island with canines. 
Parisi also added police blue lights and a police scanner to his personal vehicle to make it resemble an undercover police vehicle. Parisi would show up at numerous emergency calls in his Jekyll officer or Jekyll canine attire, and in some instances with his blue lights flashing. Troopers warned Parisi that it was illegal to have blue lights in his vehicle since he was not in law enforcement and did not have a permit. Parisi was arrested on May 5th after Glen, after Glen County Sheriff Neil Jump informed the commander of the Georgia State Patrol that Parisi had active warrants out on him in New Jersey. During a search of his office, which was a converted storage closet, troopers found a 9mm handgun. It was also discovered that Parisi had prior felony convictions for uh, theft and a federal conviction for impersonating a Secret Service agent. Mm. So at trial, a witness from Post testified that Parisi had never been certified. A rep from the Iowa Department of Public Safety testified that Parisi was employed there, but only for 60 days in 1994 and was fired. Anyone who puts blue lights in their personal car and pretends to be a police officer is a danger to the community, said the assistant DA, Taylor Heron, who prosecuted the case. People should feel safe knowing that blue lights and a badge mean trained law enforcement officer, not a convicted felon with delusions of being a police officer. So we can greet his delusions with some jail time and some banjo. Banjo. He put a lot of expense into his stupidity. Yeah, yeah. he did. What yeah. a dumb criminal. What a dumb criminal. Thank you, pal. Right. Woody Any, loves you. Right. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Nope. Uh, happy Halloween. Everybody happy be Halloween. safe tomorrow. Yep. Happy Halloween. And be careful with those eggs. They can hurt. You know, <laughs> you don't want to have those eggs cracked in your head. That's right. That's right. All right, right, until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Everson. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily, peace. Aglets. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.